0: Welcome to Better Children's Ministry, a weekly podcast from Every Generation Ministries to anyone who wants to see children in their church transformed by the love of Jesus. All right, well, welcome back to Better Children's Ministry, a podcast of Every Generation Ministries. My name is Kelly Johnson, and I am here today with Daniel Watts, president of EGM. How are you, Daniel?
1: I'm doing great.
0: Good, actually, today. Good I day. have a fun question for you. What is your favorite thing about being a grandpa?
1: Well, they emerge, you know. <laughs> as he, my son, my <laughs> grandson's now almost 18 months old. The most recent one that's my favorite is uh, I remember this with my kids when they learned to kiss but they haven't learned to close their lips yet. <laughs>
0: yep, yep, So he
1: like comes toddling <laughs> across the floor and decides to kiss you. You can tell because his mouth comes open and then he just like comes up and like puts his two lips somewhere like on my face. <laughs> right. And basically he doesn't close them and so they're by the time he gets there there's like some um, liquids like starting to emanate from his <laughs> mouth. So when he gets up close and kisses you, it just is sort of like being love slimed by your grandson. Love slimed. Yeah, it's just so awesome. So <laughs> fantastic. And then he, he knows that it's really cute. Yeah. Because everybody goes, oh. So then he'll just like cruise around <laughs> and start love sliming people. It's just fantastic. Oh, I love that. It's just great.
0: So this is going to be his second Christmas, right?
1: Yes. The first one, he was uh, pretty tiny, but this one is going to be, yeah, fantastic, 18 months old.
0: What's under the tree from Grandpa and Grandma?
1: Well, it's never too early to get him a golf club set. <laughs> uh, my daughter doesn't know, so oh, I hope she hasn't gonna... listened to this podcast before. <laughs> the the pro- It says three and up, but I'm going 18 months because, oh, you know, word. you got to get started early on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, so he's got a... Uh, Golf clubs and also a fishing pole oh, that's with too those good. little magnetic fish you yeah. get out of the bathtub. Trying to
0: persuade him into hobbies, particular yeah, I'm, hobbies. I'm
1: totally open <laughs> if he, whatever he wants to do, but I thought I, you know,
0: <laughs> you know, provide
1: a little direction. Maybe.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, as we have mentioned in our last few episodes, we at EGM know that this holiday season is extremely hectic for children's ministry leaders. Likely, you guys are being called upon to serve at additional services and events. Uh, You might be leading a children's choir. You might be frantically trying to memorize the hand motions before this weekend. Maybe you're thinking through how you can teach the story of Jesus' birth in a new and creative way. Maybe you're just a faithful volunteer and you're trying to balance your time at home with time serving and all the holiday excitement. Um, There's just a lot going on. So because of this, we want to encourage you directly from God's word. We want to offer you guys wisdom to help you keep pressing on because the work you guys are doing is so important. EGM believes that those who serve in children's ministry are a lot more than babysitters and a lot more than child care providers, which we know that you guys know. Uh, You are a leader who is making disciples. And so uh, we want to talk about other leaders who are making disciples in the Bible and um, some principles that we can glean from them. So today we're going to be looking at the connection in the Bible between a call to ministry and a call to prayer specifically. And we're going to look at the life of Paul. So Daniel, can you give us a few examples of how prayer is part of Paul's leadership?
1: All right. So I had this um, really amazing kind of um, epiphany, I would call it, like an awakening spiritually, uh, years ago, uh, someone was teaching from Paul's calling in Acts. And I never really thought of it the way he talked about it. So that might be a good place for us to start. In Acts um, 9, when he um, has the big incident on the road to Damascus, right. if you have a red-letter Bible, you see, you know, like where Jesus is talking. Right. And... Um, Let me just read a few uh, sections from this um, passage. Uh, He falls to the ground and heard a voice say to him in verse four of chapter nine, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then Saul says, who are you, Lord? And then Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what to do. And then if you um, look over in Acts 26, when Paul's talking about this um, calling in chapter 26, verse 14, he says, we all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, so now we'll get a little more detail, Mm -hmm. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. And then he goes on and talks about sending him to to the Gentiles. And Paul's telling the story of his calling to King Agrippa when he's on trial at the end of Acts. So the perspective that was offered to me was, um, and you don't really think about this, When um, you talk to God and God talks to you and then you talk back to God and then God talks back to you and you have a conversation like that with God, we have a word for that, and it's prayer. Mm -hmm. You don't really think of the calling narratives in the Bible as a prayer incident, but they actually are. And if you think about it, there's so many cases in the Bible where God has some sort of brief I mean brief conversation, sometimes longer mm-hmm. with leaders where it's actually a prayer incident of of some kind like with Moses at the burning right. bush and yeah. um so I was starting to think about how um when God calls us into ministry it's a a prayer moment mm-hmm. where God impresses it on our heart to do something and we usually speak back to him and Maybe we have doubts and so on, and then God confirms that into our heart at some point. And um, so I was thinking about how prayer is a—I a, mean, it's a foundation of our ministry calling. Mm-hmm. And then, if you look at the rest of Paul's life, I have just a few examples that I thought could be kind of cool to look at. In Acts twenty-two, um, I'm going to kind of go backwards. He's um, in twenty-two seventeen. He's um, it, getting ready to, um, he's like looking for direction from God. And uh, about noon as I came near Damascus, oh no, no this is when he's recounting that um, the uh, appearance of um, the Lord on the road. In verse 10 he says though, uh, the Lord told him, get up and go into Damascus and there you'll be told all that you've been assigned to do. Mm. And then in verse seventeen, um, when I returned to Jerusalem, when I was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking. Quick, he said to me, "Leave Jerusalem immediately, because they're not going to accept your testimony about me." Mm-hmm. And then another example is over in Acts sixteen, in verse nine, and. In this case, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Mm -hmm. After Paul Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And then one more example, and then I'll make my point, is in um, Acts 18 9 and 10. Paul's in a synagogue in Corinth, and he's not sure about what he should do because um, there's some opposition to his ministry. Mm -hmm. And in verse 9, it says, One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. So I was just noting that um, it seems like all throughout Paul's life as a leader, Mm -hmm. God gives him guidance and direction, and he has this kind of prayer life with God about how to be a leader.
0: Right.
1: It seems Mm -hmm. to be a pattern.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. It really does seem like in all those examples, you know, God gives Paul really specific instruction, you know, keep speaking, you know, don't go there, go into Damascus, leave Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Really, really specific things where it's really clear what he needs to do. How can we apply this in our ministry to children? What does that look
1: like? I feel like there's so many challenges that you have as a leader in children's ministry at so many levels. So if you're teaching and doing ministry with um, children on Sunday mornings or Saturday night, and let's just say you have a group of six, ten children that you're you know, you're like the leader for that small group. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a leader. Mm-hmm. And there's kids in there, and they all have stuff going on. You know, sometimes we forget that. We're so busy, like, doing our programs or whatever, we forget that there are real people with, like, real issues. Right. And they have challenges and problems, and and you need to be ministering to them. And God can give us this kind of guidance and leadership that he gave Paul, mm-hmm. like, what to say When to say it, when not to say anything and listen. I've had that happen to me so many times where, cause I, you know, I'm, I speak and talk and where I felt like really felt like God wanted me to shut up Mm -hmm. and let the child talk (laughs) and don't say anything until you've listened to them and really listened. and, And from your heart, And really understand what's going on with the child. So that's like when you're leading a smaller group. If you're like leading a ministry in a church and you've got teachers that you're leading and you're trying to maybe get some more involved and so on and so forth, well, they all have stuff going on. And and you have to have guidance from God about how to deal with all of them, how to like motivate them, how to minister to them, how to... I remember one time we had a leader in church and she decided in her small group... That when it came time to share about a challenge in her life, she had just gotten separated from her husband. Mm. And she just, like, laid that all out on those kids. It was not okay. Mm. She started crying. It was, like, I mean, it was genuine, and God bless her, but it was way too much. They're not, like, a therapy group for you or something. And But then I had to, like, deal with that. But yeah. she was in a really tender place in life, hurting So you have to pray and ask God, what do I say to her exactly? Because I want to speak the truth, but I want to be loving. And there's a lot of situations like that, that I think when you're leading a ministry, you need guidance. Then if you're in a bigger church, you're like working with the senior pastor and people, you, you need guidance from God about how to relate to them, how to present the ministry well to them, how to serve with them be part of the overall church vision Mm -hmm. i just feel like in a children's ministry leadership role there's so many places we need guidance just like paul
0: and what a relief you know for me i'm like gosh what a relief i can actually just ask god what to do instead of feeling this burden like (laughs) i have to know you know how to talk to a senior pastor and also how to talk to a two-year-old and also how to minister to the 18 year old kid who's trying to minister to the kids. I don't have to know all of that by myself, you know. I can talk to God Absolutely. and ask Him to help me, you Absolutely. know. That alone is just like,
1: ugh. Well, and so many, I mean, I know when I started serving as a children's pastor, I wasn't like I had studied eight years in children's pastor school.
0: Right. You're like, you know, it's right. like
1: doing right. what you think you're supposed to do. I had a mentor and yeah. I had been trained and stuff, but there's always stuff to deal with it that's like it's like parenting almost like first mm-hmm. time there's just so many first time things you just don't know what to do yeah. and it's really so great to know that god knows everything about every situation and you can count on him for me especially the don't do stuff mm-hmm. so like i really love these stories because i feel like paul might have been kind of a go getter kind of person right. that he stops him and tells him yeah. don't do this stay there don't leave um And so, to me, sometimes the biggest guidance I've got in prayer is to not do something or postpone. Yeah. Even like, okay, another example is programming. Yeah. When is it time to like launch some big new, you know, summer program initiative? If you don't do it this summer, you got to wait 12 months. Okay, waiting is not part of my vocabulary usually. (laughs) And 12 months. But, you know, that maybe yeah. you pray. And I actually did that once, yeah. waited a whole year for something, yeah. which I regret. But, I mean, no, it's, <laughs> no it's really, I really felt like God leading me to, yes. to do that. And so I think it's we can take a lot of comfort in that.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so I want to talk about another side of this coin, too. Um, what does it look like to apply these principles when we face issues in ministry and we don't necessarily hear that specific direction. You know, when we have trouble with classroom discipline and we ask God what to do and we don't necessarily hear a specific answer from him or, you know, when there's a child in crisis, their family's going through something, you know, and we're waiting to hear from the Lord and we don't necessarily hear anything. What what do we do?
1: Okay, well, there's, um, you know, lots of ways to think about that. The thing that comes to my mind is when you think about Moses and Paul, you got you have a sense that they heard literally the voice of God yes. verbally, right. and it was in their ears. And then you read um, in Jonah chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say how. Mm-hmm. But somehow he knew. And it's pretty compellingly that he knew so strongly that he decided to run away that God wanted him to go to Nineveh. So I think um, sometimes God speaks to us in that still, small voice that isn't audible. Mm -hmm. I think actually that's the most common way that God's Mm -hmm. spoken to me in my life. He's spoken to me through his word, clearly. He speaks to me through other Christians. Um, He speaks to me through my pastor preaching. And, and then one other thing, I hope this is understood, but sometimes I think the clearest guidance we get from God is none. Mm -hmm. So if you have a big decision and you don't get some kind of guidance from God, Mm -hmm. well, it's not like he couldn't give it, but apparently he chooses in some cases not to. So I have always had this notion that if you have a big decision to make, We should expect some big guidance from God, like some clear word from Scripture, Mm -hmm. some clear word from God's people, some really strong voice in your heart, Mm -hmm. the verbal, audible voice of God. But if you don't, some of the clearest guidance is no guidance at all, Mm -hmm. which means wait. Or maybe it's something you plan to do and and God doesn't stop you and there's not a lot of guidance there, but... If he wanted to stop you, he could make that clear to you. And maybe you should just carefully move forward and see how that unfolds. Um, So I think there's a lot of different ways that God speaks to us and gives us that kind of guidance. I guess I do believe that in the world of ministry and leadership, there's so many decisions that have to be made. so um, So many interactions with different kinds of people. Yeah. God gives you insight. I've had it happen to me so many times.
0: I agree, yeah. So Well, I'm thinking too, you know, um, last week we talked about, you had mentioned God cares more about who we are than what we do, and that's a really profound thought, and I think that um, in, in this situation, you know, we don't necessarily, if you feel like you're not hearing from the Lord, um, if you feel stuck, if you feel alone, like like he's not answering you, surround yourself by things that are going to shape who you are and help you to become more like God, you know and um, like you said, he can speak to you through all of those different things so I, I think that there's encouragement in knowing that um, if I'm not hearing the voice of the Lord you know, there are people there are um, his words that I can go to and at least um, help, help that shape who I am becoming. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, just as you're talking, I remember twice in my life I've had dreams
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that
1: were, one of them was right before a big board meeting we had. Mm. we were making some enormous decision, about to, for the ministry. And I had a dream the night before. It was the most, actually, that's probably the most powerful way God's ever spoken to me in my life. Wow. was a dream. Yeah. That I woke up uh, screaming. I was killed at the end of the dream. Mm. From not... Um, seeking guidance from the Lord mm. and running off on my own in the dream and I ended up being killed wow and I knew it was because I hadn't stopped to pray and ask God for guidance
0: mm. and I woke
1: up screaming jesus saved me because mm. I was being killed scared my wife badly I can't <laughs> even imagine but I, it was such a it was such a word yeah. for me from the Lord in the next it was on a Friday night the Saturday board meeting I shared that with the chairman of the board and we decided to changed the agenda and we spent about two hours that morning praying because mm-hmm. we felt like the Lord had communicated to us, you need to stop whatever else you were planning to do and pray and ask me for guidance mm-hmm. today because I'm going to mm-hmm. give it to you. It was really awesome, mm-hmm. really powerful.
0: I can't even imagine. Yeah, so
1: God can communicate to us yeah. about, and it's just not about any, you know, whatever stuff. It's about how we're serving him. You know, when he calls us into ministry, it's in prayer as I was talking about with Paul, and then hes you can count on him to continue to do that yes. over time yes. as a leader, over the rest of your life as a leader.
0: Right. So what encouragement do you have for a leader who's listening and um, feeling convicted, feeling like, you know what, uh, my prayer life probably isn't what it should be?
1: You know, I think there's a lot of um, guilt there on the prayer life front. Uh, people hear people like Martin Luther say if I had more time I'd spend it in prayer and Mm -hmm. you know five hours a day in prayer my father-in-law used to go every Saturday morning to the um, church and walk around the church while the children played in the church playground and he would pray Mm -hmm. for an hour couple hours depending for all the missionaries in the church and you know these people that are um, prayerful people like that mm-hmm. it can make everybody else feel guilty I was totally intimidated to marry my wife because of her father was just like a spiritual mm-hmm. giant in my view mm-hmm. and he was genuinely I think what um, I would encourage people is I'm, I'm not talking about praying in a you know that traditional acts adoration and confession mm-hmm. and thanksgiving and supplication and that's a, another whole Life of prayer. I'm talking about we need help leading a ministry. Yeah. And there's a lot of motivation. There should be, because I know people listening all have stuff going on, especially at Christmas time. You know, what do you do with the rowdy boy? What do you do with the mom? We didn't even talk about parents. Yeah. What do you do with parents who are, you know, make your life crazy as a children's pastor? And There's God has answers to all those issues. I think what I'm talking about is creating life as a leader in prayer, where you're asking God about your budget, yeah, how to present it to the senior pastor about which curriculum to use, should we write our own? Mm-hmm. Who should help write it? Mm-hmm. What about this teacher that writes too much stuff and it ends up being these big long <laughs> yeah. and how do you help them? You know, there's all there's just so many issues that we have to deal with. And I feel like prayer is the way we ask God for guidance. So my encouragement is have a you know, if you need to make a list of things you need help making decisions about and guidance. And then talk to God about it Mm -hmm. and let God speak to you. And yeah, that's what I would encourage Mm -hmm. people. And Mm -hmm. it's so awesome. And I really believe it builds um, communion with God and intimacy with him. And then most of all, it helps us do ministry the way he wants us to do it.
0: That's exactly right. Yes, that's it. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for sharing uh, this wisdom and just for encouraging our listeners. I know for me, it's really encouraging and comforting to know that God really does care about all those little Mm -hmm. minute things Mm -hmm. you know he cares about your budget he cares about the parent who's making your life crazy he cares about the rowdy boy and there's nothing that we can bring to him that he sees as insignificant and that in itself is just a huge encouragement that's right we're so grateful for each of you guys listening today um for your service to God through children's ministry we're just really thankful for that please feel free to send us any questions or comments you have after listening to this episode. If you're um, interested in learning more uh, about this and, You just want to talk to us about it, um, go ahead. You can email us at info at egmworld.org. We would love to hear from you. And Kelly,
1: if somebody has like a big issue that they're trying to make a decision about and they want us to pray with them, we'd love to be able to do that.
0: Absolutely. I know there's
1: a lot of um, important decisions and challenges that children's workers have. I'd be honored to pray with people about any of those.
0: Absolutely. Again, that email is info at egmworld.org. We would love to hear from you. We hope you guys all have a great week. Thanks for listening to Better Children's Ministry. To learn more about EGM, go to egmworld.org.